Well, good morning, church. Morning. How's everybody doing? Good. Well, stand with me. Let's just stand right from the beginning. Amen? We had a great time of prayer this morning in there. And as we were praying, I just felt two things kind of come to my spirit. The first being, you know, there's the parable in the Bible about, you know, when there's a strong man in the house, when somebody stronger comes in, ties that person out and takes them out. Well, I don't know what's going on in your life this morning, but we got the strong man. We've got the strongest man, and I want to invite him into my house this morning. How about we all invite the strong man into our house this morning, amen? And then the other thing I felt, maybe it was while you were praying, about taking whatever he's going to do today in our lives with us this week. And I just felt this, the, the saying, a license to carry. Yeah? Anybody have a license to carry this morning? No, I mean it. Do you have a license to carry the Holy Spirit with you this morning with power and with might because of who he is? Amen? So I'm looking forward to that license to carry, man. We already have it, and we can use it when we need it. Amen? By his power. Amen. All right. We're going to do a call to worship together. Uh, We're going to read three scriptures today instead of one. And we've been doing Psalm 121. Uh, So we're going to read these three together, starting in verse 4 here on the count of three. One, two, three. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day, nor the moon by night. Heavenly Father, we are in your covering. We are in your presence this morning. Have your way in this place, both us as your vessels and in this church body as we gather together as a congregation. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship him. Guys, we're going to take communion here in just a moment. Sometimes, you know, we gather in little groups as a family to take communion. But today I see communion as being intensely personal. Intensely personal today. And as we were reading this week in Luke 20, it was Jesus speaking and he was doing a, giving a parable as he did so many times. But something caught my attention and I love when he does this when we're reading the word of God. I've read Luke 20 I don't know how many times. But this jumped out at me this week. And I think it's so appropriate for each and every one of us this morning. It's talking in verse 17. It says, What then is this that is written? The stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. He is our chief cornerstone. I was like, yes, Lord, I get that. I know that. But let's look at the next verse. Because this just messed with me today, or this week, really. It says, whoever falls on that stone will be broken. Whoever falls in front of him, in all of our brokenness, stop trying to hold it all together. He wants you broken. The word says it right here. He who falls on him on that stone shall be broken. Broken in pieces. Broken in pieces. 
Because he wants to put you back together the way he intends to put you back together. Because he is the potter and it's his hands and you cannot be put back together unless you first are broken. And so this morning as we take communion, I want us to take it with a sense that, Lord, just break me. I am falling at your feet. I am falling on that cornerstone. The next part of the verse says, those who don't do that end up getting crushed by the stone. We really have two options, guys. We've got two options. There's two types of people in the world. Those who are saying, crush me, Lord, because his burden is not heavy. But we carry this stuff all around with us, trying to hold ourselves together. And this morning when we take that broken bread that symbolizes his broken body, and we take that juice which symbolizes his blood shed, for what purpose? But to say, Lord, break me, use me, mold me, and shape me. And when something is broken and he puts it together, what happens? It is resurrected. Churches is resurrected. Just as we sang in that word, in that song. The resurrected king is resurrecting me. And that's what we're going to do this morning with communion. Okay, the first time I heard that song, I was mowing our lawn, which is my favorite chore to do a couple years ago. And um, put the headphones on with my music and the kids... No one can get at me for like two full hours. And I'm listening to this song, and it just begins to minister to my heart. And tears come, and I can't see where I'm going. And it's like I'm having church just like right there on the mower. And the Lord was just speaking to my heart. Um, And I didn't know what was coming. I didn't know this was coming, you know. I didn't know what was coming. I just knew that I was covered in ashes. (laughs) I just knew that... I'm covered in ashes. And um, this morning, I felt the Lord ministering to my heart, and he said, you know, the enemy comes but to, to steal and to kill and to destroy. And then the Lord told me, what he steals, I restore unto you a hundredfold. And what he kills, I resurrect for I am the life. And what he destroys, I create anew because I am the creating one. Thank you, Father. Thank you. So this morning, as you move to the communion tables, if you're closer to the back, go to the back. If you're closer to the front, come to the front. It's two cups stacked, so you just pick up one pickup, and it's two stacked cups with the cracker on the bottom and the juice on top. We're going to move to the tables, receive your communion elements and take them back to your seats, and then we're going to take communion together. And we are going to join this morning. By our faith, we are going to commune with the restorer, with the resurrector, with the creator. And we're going to let him do what he do in us this morning. So let's move to the tables and receive our elements.
Father, we thank You. Father, we come to You this morning in this deeply personal moment as if it's just us and You, one-on-one. No one else around. No one else looking. And we just throw ourselves at Your feet. We just throw ourselves at Your feet. Break us. Mold us. Shape us. Father, with You and only You, can we experience the resurrection power. Thank You, Lord. I don't want to rush this this morning. Just take a moment. Just have a conversation with Him this morning. like the Lord told me this three times, so I'm just going to do it. And I know there's concrete out there, and I'm sorry about that. But I just have this sense that we need to get on our knees to take communion this morning. If you can, I get it. If you can't, that's okay. Oh, Father. On bended knee, we come before you. And we worship you. And we thank You for Your broken body, Your shed blood, that we can have a relationship with You for all of eternity. And so today we come before You in all of our striving, all of our trying to hold it all together. And we just say, have your way in this vessel. Break what needs broken. Change what needs changed. Mold what needs molded. Fix what needs fixed. We yield completely and totally to you this morning. down at your feet. We give it all to you. Every care, every concern, every sin, every challenge, every trial, 
every test, every temptation, all of it, we give it to you. Father, those who have pain in their physical bodies, we bring that to you this morning. And as we take communion, I believe the healing, restoration, restoring, resurrecting power of you shall penetrate our bodies, our minds, our will, and our emotions. Thank you. Thank you, Father. The Word says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus on the same night in which He was betrayed, He took the bread. We had given thanks. He broke it. And He said, Take, eat. This is My body which was broken for you. Do this in remembrance of Me. Let us partake. body broken, our lives just broken before you. The resurrecting King, the resurrecting King. to you this morning, won't you let me love you? 
won't you let me love you? Won't you trust me? Won't you trust me? I've never hurt you. I'm not the one, but I am the one who can heal your heart. I am the one who can make all things new. He says, I am the one who can bring beauty from ashes. Won't you let me? Won't you let me carry your burden? If that's you this morning, I just want you right now where you are just to say yes, Jesus. Yes, Jesus. Come, Lord Jesus, and break down every wall. Come into my pain. Come into the mess. Come into the sorrow. Come into every area that I've been holding on to. Yes, Jesus. I receive your body broken for me. Yes, Lord. Yes. Just say yes Yes. to Jesus this morning. Yes. service, my prayer was, Lord, pour yourself out like frosting, like frosting over cake into every crevice. He is sweet. He is sweet. He is light, and in him there is no darkness. And Father, as we take, as we take the cup of communion, Father, let it pour into us, into every crevice, the power of the blood of Jesus cleansing us from all sin. In Jesus' name. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. Let us partake. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We're going to stand up this morning. Might take us a minute to get up. That's okay. Stretch it out. We're going to continue to worship him for who he is, not just for what he has done, but what he is doing and what he is going to do. Amen? Amen. The altars are open as we worship Him. Come and bring it all to Him this morning. Don't let a minute go by. So far this year has been a year of weight loss. Every care, every concern, He is lifting off. He is molding and He is shaping. He is working. So let's worship Him.
during communion, um, while we were all on our knees, I just felt like God gave me a vision of a wall, and at the at the base of the wall was just broken glass, and something He was just speaking to me is that when glass is whole, it's one reflection, one point that bounces off, but when it's broken, the light hits every single piece that is broken, and he was just ministering to me that God can do so much more with your brokenness and your surrender, so much more in your life, so much more in your community. When you're whole and you try to have it together, it just reflects right off. It's one bounce right off. When you're broken in pieces, everything hits. Every speck of light hits the glass, and it reflects all over your life. And it's also a lot more beautiful when glass is broken than when it's just whole and just one piece of light hits it. But when it's reflecting all over and all around you, it's so much more beautiful. And he can do so much more with your surrender than your wholeness. Psalm 20 was part of our reading this morning in the Bible reading. And I want to end our time of worship here just reading this. It's the assurance of God's saving work. <laughs> his assurance of his saving work. <laughs> Both his. He's doing the work. His assurance, his saving work. It says this, May the Lord answer you in the day of trouble. May the name of the God of Jacob defend you. May he send you help from the sanctuary and strengthen you out of Zion. May he remember all your offerings and accept your burnt sacrifice. That sense that we did that this morning, the surrendering, the sacrificing of us to him. May he grant you according to your heart's desire and fulfill all of your purpose. We will rejoice in your salvation, and in the name of our God, we will set up our banners. May the Lord fulfill all of your petitions. Now I know the Lord saves his anointed. He will answer him from his holy heaven with the saving strength of his right hand. Some trust in chariots, and some in horses. But we, church, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. They have bowed down and fallen, but we have risen and stand upright. Save, Lord. May the King answer us when we call. Father, we started calling on your name this morning. And you were faithful to deliver <laughs> that which we needed. 
Father, thank you for working both collectively in the congregation, but individually in each person's life this morning. Father, we receive all that you've done so far and all that you're still going to do. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Amen. As we move into greeting time, let's use this time to build each other up and encourage one another in the Lord. Um, there'll be offering buckets up here if you have an offering. Um, you can bring it up during during the break time. Also, if you're new, we'd like to welcome you. Um, it's always wonderful to worship together, and um, we're so happy to have you here this morning to worship the Lord with us. Um, on the backs of the seats, there's little cards. Um, they're called connection cards. It's a place, if you're new, to put your information just so we know you were here. Um, it's also a place to put down anything we can pray with you about or pray for you. Prayer requests, praise reports, testimonies, um, or if you're a church member to update your information. All of those are really important things. Those connection cards also go into the offering buckets. Um, also during this time, if you're an ECF kid, you know the drill, Kid Corner, get your bag, your sermon notes, borrow a book for the service. If you are a guest and you have kids, toddler through sixth grade, we have some great stuff over in Kid Corner. You can come with your child and I'll be over there um, and we can talk and I can give you um, some fun things for the kids to help them engage in the sermon. Um, and that's it. That's what I have. So let's greet one another. church family getting down to family business all right first my first announcement is that uh, next Sunday February 7th after service is the finance meeting it's a congregational meeting um, if you are a member of this congregation you are invited pastor Jason will have a little handout it shows a lot of numbers and financial information, and he walks through it beautifully. He really does a great job at bringing understanding to the finances of the church. So I encourage you to stay. It's right after church. He'll keep it about 20 minutes long, so I invite you to stay. That's next Sunday after church. Next, I talked about this last week, um, Operation Christmas Child. Uh, you know, you need to talk about it all year long so that when it's time to do it, we're ready, right? Preparation. So there is a table in the lobby, um, a display table for Operation Christmas Child. I encourage you to stop there, um, check out what's on the table. Um, I'm not sure if these are out there. They were on your on the seats last week, but this just gives you some information about the ministry. Um, and what we're doing is $10 donation will provide a plastic tote. This is an upgrade from last year. We were using the cardboard boxes. Um, this is a great upgrade because they'll be um, the kids will be able to use this probably for years and years. Um, a ten dollars donation also provides ministry materials where they are um, presented with the gospel, and it also covers the cost of shipping the box um, to the kids. So I encourage you if you'd like to participate with Operation Christmas Child. It's a great ministry to get your kids involved with because I know my kids can afford ten dollars. Grace. She, that girl's got money from like her third birthday, squirreled away down in the basement. She does. Like when we need cash, we're like, Grace, we need some cash. You know, just write it down. We'll pay you back. She always has money. 
So um, I know they have $10, you know, to give. So it's, it's just a good, it's something y'all can save, they could save up for. It's just a really good ministry to um, include your kids in. So Operation Christmas Child. If you do want to give um, on the giving envelope, mark OCC in the other column uh, with your donation, and then it goes in the offering buckets. Or also there's a, the box to the left of the doorway can receive an offering as well. All right, next I'm going to talk about LCA. This is easy for me to talk about. Um, LCA enrollment. So right now is the time to begin praying and thinking about LCA, um, which is Leadership Christian Academy. It's the school that um, is in the church. And this school is amazing. And I didn't know that personally until my kids, this is their second year in LCA. And it is phenomenal. Um, Throughout the whole COVID business, I'm telling you, we worked hard. We worked hard to open the school, and the teachers are amazing. And my kids have not even had a cold at all this year. They didn't even come home with a cold. And if we, if we think that that's because of masks and shields, which they do use, and hand sanitizer, and we're mistaken. It has everything to do with Psalm 91. You know, masks and shields and hand sanitizer are great. They're like, you know, seatbelts and all those good things. But all glory goes to the Lord. And Jason and I have spoken over this building over and over. This will not be a spreading place. This will not be a spreading place in Jesus' name. So um, we're standing on that in faith. And LCA has been open the entire school year. Um, any, Any having to deal with COVID happens. It happens with grace. It happens without fear, panic, and shame. It just, it's being handled in such a healthy and good way. Um, So if you know someone who is looking for education options, if you are someone who has a grandchild or a child or nieces and nephews, um, this is definitely something to talk about because our church supports the school a thousand percent. Um, The ministry that happens at the school is for real. It's for real. So um, we're doing an announcement because enrollment is filling up. This is great news. Enrollment is, is filling up. There's waiting lists for some of the classrooms. And then other classrooms have a lot of space. So um, it's always worth the time to apply. Also, scholarships. I think almost all of our families get scholarships to help offset the tuition costs. So... Um, uh, money should never keep someone from applying and seeing what can be done because the administrative staff at the school bends over backwards. We want the school full. They want the school full. And it's because there's so much to, to minister out to these kids. So every seat filled um, is the goal. So LCA, pray for the school. Camille, do you have a question? Oh, Okay. <laughs> Well, and the kids, so Camille gets to work with the kids washing eyeglasses, and she's seeing the leadership skills that these kids are being trained up in. And the godly character, honest to goodness, 
that these kids are getting trained up in. I said at a parent meeting, I know I'm taking way too long with this, but whatever. Um, at a parent meeting, I said to the parents, I was like, so who else here? Who, these teachers make you look good as a parent. My kid is like apologized for like being mean to her sister. And I was like, what? She's like, Mrs. Spiker said I need to learn to say I'm sorry. <laughs> no, Mrs. Spiker said I don't like to say I'm sorry. And, and she was right, you know? And I was just like, it was phenomenal. So... Um, Camille is giving testimony to these kids and, what, and what's being developed in their lives. And it is, when they are out in the community, Soldiers and Sailors Home, LECOM, they haven't been able to do that as much this year, but when they're out there, it is a testimony. It's amazing. Okay, LCA, pray for the school. Promote the school. Um, support the school in every way that you can because we're behind them. All right, last announcement is Wednesday evening services. Um, the, the worship team is going to take a two-week break on that. So um, we're going to be starting back up on February 17th. So there's no worship night this Wednesday or next Wednesday. Um, But we're going to start back up on February 17th. It says, come to abide with adoration, intercession, and communion. I love that. Okay, so you're invited February 17th. That's all. I'm bringing lots of stuff today bringing my football, even though my message has nothing to do with a football or football itself. I'm comfortable when I have a ball in my hands and close to me, so you're just all going to have to deal with it when I hold a football and preach periodically, okay? Whether it's Super Bowl Sunday or not, I know that's next week. I know. Of course I know. That's right. I'm just getting ready, getting us all ready to go. Uh, so yeah, LCA is just an amazing, amazing thing. If you're ever interested I'll just make one more plug, and then we'll stop talking about LCA for a minute. If you're ever interested in helping the school from a scholarship perspective, uh, now, at at, uh, next week's meeting, the congregational meeting, I'll talk about, you know, how much of every dollar kind of goes to LCA that you give from an operating perspective, because the the school is supported also by the church, not just tuition. Uh, But this year, we were able to open up an endowment fund, an endowment fund, and we, we, we want to call ourselves the Grove City of Erie, Pennsylvania. And the Grove City of Erie, Pennsylvania, it means this. It means that we will not be reliant on government money in any way, shape, or form. And then they will not be able to tell us in any way, shape, or form how do we run our school and how do we disciple our children. So we opened up our endowment fund, and it is already over $25,000. Praise God. Hallelujah. And the goal of an endowment fund is to grow that and take a portion of what is made by investing that money and then use it for scholarships. So I know our goal this year is six figures, but in my mind, I see a seven-figure number minimum at some point in time in that endowment, which means it is feeding $100,000 or more back into the school of scholarships every year, yet keeps growing. Amen? I mean, so that is the goal and the future of the school I know I'm talking a lot about it, but if you're interested in any way, shape, or form about the endowment as well, of course, you know, that's uh, uh, tax-free giving as well, but just come talk to me or call the office so we can get you in touch uh, with the right people, okay? Okay, let's just pray over our tithes and offerings here this morning. Um, I'm not going to belabor some of the announcements and stuff, or I'm not going to pull up the vision slide today. Uh, Actually, pull it up. Yeah, what the heck. (laughs) I need my football. i got to focus. Okay. All right, so I just I want to keep this in front of us all the time. I just want to keep it 
just in the forefront of our minds. Why do we give? Why do we serve? Why do we come to church and gather together? It's because we want to reach a million souls for Jesus Christ. And I may have had a little conversation during break time that the Lord has been speaking more and more than not just a million, but that's like a number that you just see, and we're actually believing for two million. And we're believing not just for Northwest Pennsylvania, but you know that it goes all the way down and all the way across, and Route 90 is actually quite a long road if you ever have traveled on it, and so is Route 79. And so that cross represents Route 90 going across, Route 79 going down. We're reaching people for Jesus Christ. We're reaching souls. We're seeing the lost saved. We're seeing the sick healed. We're seeing lives transformed. And we're seeing families thriving. Amen? Amen. Let's pray over the offering. Heavenly Father, we just come to you. We thank you, Lord, for every gift, every giver. We thank you for this building. We thank you for this school. We thank you for all the tools that you are giving us and providing for us in order to minister the name of Jesus Christ to this community and to our families. And Father, I ask, Lord, that we continue to see your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we pray for the endowment fund. We pray that this building is paid off in Jesus' name. And we pray that you continue to provide for every need, both for the church and for every family. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Thank you, Chet. All right. We're going to get right into the message this morning. Open up your Bibles to Philippians 2. We're just going to spend a moment there and then also open up your Bibles, kind of put a little, put your finger there, and then go to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 is where we've been, uh, where we've been studying, where we've been using kind of exegetical preaching, I guess would be the word. We're just kind of walking scripture by scripture and commenting on what the Lord wants to show us in these. And the whole point of this opening uh, series is about abiding in him abiding in him. And when you read through 1 John, it's just over and over the word abide is being used. The word abide, 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 abide. And we've been studying and learning and talking about what does it mean to abide. And what it means to abide is a relationship in him. To abide in him, you need a relationship in him. We must communicate with him. We must know his voice. We must understand his word. We must follow his commands. And the takeaway I really want to talk about this morning is this is a process. Everybody know that life is a process? That everything doesn't just happen the moment you say so? Now in the spiritual realm, we believe that it is already done and it is being acted out. But sometimes the physical world in which we live, which we see with our eyes, takes a little bit longer to catch up with what has been done in the spiritual realm. How many understand that? And so this whole thing is a process. So Philippians 2, I'm just going to read verse uh, 12 through 14. I know I had a few more scriptures there. We're going to do 12 through 14. Then we're going to get back into 1 John chapter. It says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. How many of you like to work out? Yeah, what? Okay, how many of you know that working out periodically is a good thing? Okay, working out ourselves. I love the words that are used there, and of course that's our English translation, but working out, it means it's effort. Like I go to IROC, I plug IROC all the time. Man, I go to IROC at 6 a.m. in the morning, 
There's some crazy, we're crazy people at 6 a.m. doing that loud music and running through those, through that high intensity interval training. But that is working out. I am working something out. Amen. Like literally, I'm working it out. The sweat is coming out. And when we talk about our walk with the Lord, there's some working out that has to be done. This is a process. This discipleship, we talk about the word discipleship, but it's actually a process. Thank you, Chet. It's a process that works over and over and over. And the more you work out, the stronger you become. You know, if if you're struggling to pick something up or you're having issues with something like that and you never work out ever, you're still going to have trouble picking that up. Is Is that true? But when we begin to work out our muscles, we begin to work out these things in our life, we begin to get strengthened by the word of God. And we're able to do certain things. We'll be able to go even further in our walk with the Lord. So we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you. God is doing the work. When we're reading the word of God, he's doing the work. Yeah, our eyes might be scanning those pages. Our ears might be listening to a message. But God is doing the work. And he's doing that work both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Amen? Which means working out all these things we talk about, working out and abiding in him, it's for his pleasure. It's for his pleasure. Yet there's benefits for us as well. Then verse 14 says, Do all things... Without complaining and disputing. Which means as we're working out our salvation, man, I can fuss with the best of them. Especially working out. When, that, when I got to leave my house at 5.40 a.m. to get to the workout place by 6, there is some fussing going on up here and sometimes coming out of here. Amen? This happens, Okay? This is life, and we need to work through these things. The Lord is asking us, you need to work out your salvation without complaining. And the situations that are happening in your life, and we're going to talk about this in a minute, whether it's a test, whether it's a temptation, or whether it's a trial, are all, all these things are coming together in your life because you are working out your salvation. That it's a process that you're working through. Okay, go to 1 John chapter 2. And we're going to start in verse 12. I want to paint a picture this morning. And I'm going to try to tie this scripture together to some other things that I'm going to say. And Father, I ask that you help me to do that in Jesus' name. Amen. 1 John chapter 2, starting in verse 12. It says this. I write to you, little children... Children, listen. I write to you, little children, because your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven you for his namesake. I write to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. I write to you, young men, because you have overcome the wicked one. And now he starts again. I write to you, little children, because you have known the Father. I have written to you, fathers, because you have known him who is from the beginning. And I have written to you, young men, because you are strong, and the word 
of God abides in you. Here we are again about abiding in you. And so as any good engineer in statistical analysis mind, I broke this thing down real quick. I said, well, it's written twice to children, to young men, and to fathers. Does it say the same thing each time? Does it say something different? And here's what I came up with. When he's talking to the children, he says, your sins are forgiven and you have known the Father. When he's talking to the fathers, he repeats it twice. The exact same words. You've known him who is from the beginning. And then when he's speaking to young men, it says this, you have overcome the wicked one. And then it also says you are strong and the word of God abides in you. So I start saying, Lord, what does this mean? What is he talking about here? And I believe that The word of God here is speaking to us in our spiritual journey, not our age. Look at this with me for a second. I believe that if you break down these three words, children, and we'll call them new believers. Young men and women, we'll call those who have been in the faith for some period of time who are working through the challenges of life. Not that that ever stops. And then these fathers and mothers are those who have been in the faith for some time. And the words that they use there is that they know the Father. And so if you look at this, children, new believers, what is it saying about them? It says that you know him because your fathers and your brothers and your mothers and your sisters have pointed you to him. And you see, what I believe this is talking about is that every, not generation of age, but every generation of our walk in in knowing God and in discipleship all has a part to play with each other. Every part has a part to play. Whether you're a new believer, whether you're working out your salvation and you're in that the midlife of your walk with the Lord, or whether you're getting towards the end of your journey, every one of you has something to share and to give with one of the other generations of the walks with the Lord. It says children, these these new believers, they trust him for forgiving of sins. They have this faith that when we look at that faith and we see the faith of a child. You know the faith of a new believer? You ever somebody you somebody gets gets kind of makes Jesus Christ their Lord and Savior, and they're going out evangelizing. They're going out speaking. They they don't know what the right words to say. Nobody trained them about the the ABCs, the Romans road, and use this scripture, then that, then this, then that. They're like, you know what? I got faith. Jesus just saved my life, and I want to go share it with everyone. And we look at that, and that those who have been in the faith longer look back and say, oh, I like that. They have this faith that God can do anything. And sometimes... When we walk through, our, through this life with Jesus, sometimes we begin to believe wrongly that God's not moving or God's not working in our life. But he always is. And we see these children, these new believers, man, I would categorize them as they have faith. They got faith. And then you get these young men and women. Those in the faith for some time, but maybe not for decades. They're in the midst of these life battles and these challenges. And what does the word say that we just read? They are strong because they're abiding in the word. We, church, those who know Jesus, we have to be continually abiding in his word. 
The, the, words, the, the verses there says we are strong because we're abiding in his word. That when we do, we will overcome the wicked one. So faith, new believers. Young men and women, the word. And then the fathers and the mothers of faith. It's interestingly, when those look at those scriptures, it says the exact same sentence both times. Knowing him who is from the beginning. Knowing him who is from the beginning. And it's they've been through, they've built their faith, they've been abiding in the word of God, and it's just like they're standing firm. <clears throat> they're just standing firm. The mothers and the fathers of the faith are just standing firm. And those who are new believers, they look and they say, yes, they're standing strong still after all these years, and it's encouraging. And then those fathers and mothers are saying, keep abiding in the word, because look where I'm at, because look at what Jesus has did in my life. You will continue to see God work in your life. And they stand there and they encourage those who are working through their salvation. So you've got these children who are faith. It's all over them. These young men and women who are abiding and working in the word. And then these fathers and mothers who are standing strong in the faith. So I want to talk about this morning, there's three different things that we face day in and day out in our Christian walk. That we need to look to all three of those things to be able to understand what's going on in our life. If you want to take notes, I would suggest now is the time you write a few of these things down. But there are three, we face situations. How many know that? But I see in the Word of God that these situations are broken into three separate categories. And I think it's important as believers and as Christians, you know which category... This challenge is coming at you. Because depending on the category of the challenge changes the response that you need to have based on what it is that's coming after you. How many are you interested in what that is? Okay. The first one is testing from God. Testing from God. And I'm going to use, I think I've got Three different, yeah, I got three different T words and I got three different R words that go together. So the first T word here is, is the testing from God. And this is a revealing. This is a revealing. There are things in our life that God allows in order to test you so you know where you stand. God is not the author of sickness. He doesn't put sickness on you. He's not the author of confusion. He can't go against his word and all these things. But there are things in life that God will allow to happen to test you. Not because he doesn't know where you're at. He knows exactly where you're at. You need to know where you're at. Why do you think they do testing in school? So you know where you're at. The teacher, you know what? The teacher could probably predict every one of your grades before you even took the test. Could he not? Or she, right? Like, I know that person's going to get an A on that test. They already know, but it's for that person to know where they are. It's for each and every one. So when we go through a test in life, that's from God. It's a revealing. Look at James 1, verse 2. James 1, verse 2 says this. We'll, re we'll read uh, 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. We'll get there in a little bit. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. God will allow things to happen in your life to grow the fruit of the Spirit in your life. 
Every fruit of the Spirit, I believe, is grown through God allowing testing in our life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. Am I close? Did I get them? Because his will for you is to be whole. In order for you to be whole, you have to be broken, and he has to mold you back together. And the only way that he can begin to mold you back together is if you allow him to mold you back together. And the only way he can allow you to mold you back together is if something's happened in your life that says, I need you. You understand this? This is the testing part of it. And it comes in different ways, and I'm not going to list all the different ways that God tests, but there are things that he wants to reveal to you because he cares about you because he loves you, and he wants to see you grow. And how many of you know when you go through a test, which are the ones you remember the most? The ones you got wrong. I took my driver's license test mm, 16, okay, 28 years ago. Mm-hmm. Everyone's doing the math. It's 44. Yep, you got it. Okay, I had to do it in my head real quick, sorry. Okay, so 28 years ago, I took my driver's test, the permit test. I got one wrong. You know which question I remember on the test? The one I got wrong. You want to know what it is? Okay. All right, the question I got wrong was when there is fog and you're driving, do you use your high beams or do you use your low beams? Man, I got that wrong. And then, of course, while I was driving, I was like, that was wrong. I think I got it right. Throw your high beams on when you're in the fog or in a snowstorm, right? Like a whiteout, you're like, oh, my gosh, I can't see anything. So I clearly knew, but I remember that to this day. I got that one wrong. But I'll tell you what, if I took the test again, I would know it. Huh? And I'd get it right. And so what the Lord is growing us when he's allowing this testing to happen in our life, he's growing us so that the next time something like that happens, ah, we move on. We move forward. And many of the times when we don't pass the test, the same test comes back. It's like, come on, again. Come on again. Are you serious? Am I going to have the same person checking me out at Wegmans again? Oh, my goodness, are you see? I mean, is this the fruit of the spirit of patience, love, joy? Which one are you working on, Lord? The way she bags my groceries. It's like she's going to ruin everything when she slams them in there. But that's the only line that's open, so you're like, mm, all right. Here we go, Lord. How are we going to do on this test? Yeah. And we learn, and we grow, and he uses these things in our life. But when something is happening, you have to understand, okay, Lord, you have to ask him, is this a test? Or is it the next one? Is it a temptation? Wait a second. Is it a test or was it number two? Is it a temptation? And the R word here is refusing. Refusing. Because you can walk into a situation, if God is, is testing, he's, you're going to walk through that situation. But there are temptations who come from one and one individual alone, and that's the enemy. 
And the Bible says that it comes only from the enemy. It says that God is not someone who tempts, but only the enemy is the one who tempts, which means our response to a temptation should be far different than our response to a test. Our response to the test is, Lord, you're refining me? I'm going to jump in that Wegmans line again. But if it's a temptation from the enemy... It is time to refuse that. And you say, no, in Jesus' name. I don't think so. And these temptations come in this manner. It is a lie from the enemy encircled with facts that you begin to believe. These temptations come. It's like that little voice in your head, you know? Mm, yeah, you're not good enough to do that. Because remember when you failed there? Remember when you failed there? Mm, yeah, you can't really love anybody. You remember how your father treated you? Mm-hmm. Or your mother? Mm-hmm. And all these temptations, these voices that come, they come from the enemy. And his goal, his ultimate goal is to what? To steal. You said it earlier. To steal, to kill, and ultimately to destroy. And we have to see that what's coming at us is not a test. God's not testing you like that. That's a temptation, a lie from the enemy encircled with facts that seems really believable at the moment. It does. I'm, I get it. I hear you. It's believable. You're like, yeah, but all the facts line up. But are the facts in here? Does this line up? Does this line up? Is what I think I'm hearing in my head, just wait a second, that I'm not good enough, I'm not strong enough, I'm not this enough, I'm not whatever it is that you deal with. Let me just go look in here real quick and see if this is a true statement or not. And if you remember, how did Jesus, who he was led into the wilderness fasted for 40 days, and then the enemy came to tempt him, what was his weapon that he used? Oh, the word of God. Oh, he used the word of God. Think about that. Back to the other scripture. The young men and young women, they were abiding what? With the word of God. And what were they doing, if you remember? They were overcoming they were overcoming because they were abiding in the word, which means when a, te when a temptation comes, mm, right there. Does it line up, yes or no? And we need to begin to transform our mind with his word. This is why reading our Bible is so important. We have to read the Bible to let the God's word soak on the inside of us. And the more we read it, the more we put into context every scripture that we read. Because honestly, when you just read it, once in a while you pull a scripture out here and there, what begins to happen is you just look at that scripture all by itself. And this word is a, this, the story, the plan of God's redemption for mankind from beginning to end. It's a beautiful love story written and that we need to understand the whole counsel, the whole word of God. And when we begin to understand that and learn that, we begin to defeat the enemy and the temptations in our life. So that second T was a temptation. It's a refusing. Then the third T is this, a trial. A trial. 
You know what, guys? Trials happen for many reasons in our life. We live in a fallen world. There are germs out there. And people sometimes get sick. And I think we have to be careful that we attribute, and technically everything is attributed to the enemy in some way, shape, or form. But we immediately start saying, Mom, that's Satan, that's Satan, that's Satan. And we begin to attribute, actually we give him too much credit, to be honest with you. We give him way too much credit like he is some author and finisher of something, but he is not. He is not the author and finisher of anything. He's the author of lies. That's it. And we need to keep him in that place. So when he is tempting, we know what to do. But when we're in a trial, sometimes you can't just rebuke the devil and have it leave and your trial ends like that. Because we live in a fallen world and sometimes sickness happens. And we live in a fallen world and sometimes we sin. You say, oh, well, I'm going through this because, you know, because of the enemy. And you begin to ask the Lord on each of these, why is this happening to me? And he might reveal to you, because you've been sinning in your life. And we attribute it and we blame it on Satan, where in reality, God is calling us to a deeper level of obedience in a certain area in our life. And so the trials, the R word here is refining. Refining. So the testing is a revealing from God. The temptation from the enemy is a refusal. Mm-mm. No. But when we are having trials in our life, it's a refining. It's like the refining fire. These situations, and many of you have them, everyone goes through them. It's a refining fire. And many times, you had nothing to do with that situation that's happening to you. And I want you to hear me this morning. That there's a lot of things that are happening now in your life is because of something that happened in the past that was done to you by somebody else. That wasn't a test from God. That is a trial in your life because we do have an enemy. And he's looking to steal, to kill, and to destroy. So if we're walking through a trial, we need to ask the Lord, if this is a trial, Lord... If I'm the cause of it, I repent. Forgive me for my sin. I turn away from that sin. And watch the Lord deal and help you through that trial. If it's something else, as we talked about, the fathers and mothers of the faith, we just need to stand strong. Eyes on Jesus. Eyes focused on him. Whether those wind and those waves immediately stop or not, the trial that we're going through, we have to remember God is still in control. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. Jake, if you want to come up here. In closing, I want us to take a moment. I want us to ask the Lord this morning, what situation that you're facing in your life and maybe it's multiple, what category does it fall into? I truly believe the Holy Spirit on the inside of you will reveal to you, even this morning, which it is. Is it a test? 
You say, Lord, <laughs> reveal to me the answers to the tests that I'm going through so that I may learn and that I may grow from this. If what you're facing right now is a temptation from the enemy, I want you to rebuke it this morning in the name of Jesus. Find scriptures and use the word of God against it. And maybe it's a trial this morning. Maybe you're just faced with a trial because you know what? Life happens. And things happen. And I want you to give that situation to the Lord this morning. And say, I need you to stand alongside me and to hold me up forever long it takes to walk through this trial. I will stand with you. Bow your heads this morning. I know for a fact every one of us is faced with a situation. No matter where we are in our walk with the Lord, whether we're children, new believers, whether we're middle-aged, in the sense that we've been walking with God, but we're not near the end yet, or whether we're the fathers and mothers of faith, each of us have situations that we're faced with. So Father, I just ask you this morning that you begin to reveal to each one of us and to remind us that every time something comes up, we ask you the question, Lord, is this a test? Are you revealing something to me? Is this a temptation, a lie from the enemy that I need to rebuke and refuse right now? Or is this a trial of life that will refine me, but I need you to stand with me, Lord, as I walk through this? Just begin to seek him this morning. Think of that situation that you're faced with. Begin to ask him. Thank you, Lord. 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 I know I gave you some things that you can do, but I want this to be your takeaway. You can write down Proverbs 4, verse 20 through 23. Because this really, no matter what's happening in your life, it's good to know whether it's a test, a temptation, or a trial, because you can address it appropriately. But it says this, My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. So, Father, our prayer this morning is that we will give attention to your word. That we will incline our ear to your sayings. And, Father, that we will not let them depart 
For I truly know that you are developing good ground and good soil in each one of us where the word of God can be planted and rooted strongly. Father, your word says when the word is planted strongly that there is a 30, 60, and 90 fold return. Which tells me, Lord, that no matter the situation, there is fruit on the other side. So, Father, we worship you today. We thank you for your abiding word that is with us. We thank you for your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us no matter the situation in which we face. So, Father, thank you for revealing to us the things that we're going through, which category they fall into, and for giving us the strength and the wisdom to face each one as you've told us in your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you look up here for a moment? I sent this to a few of you. I kind of want to close with this. Prayer teams, if you want to get ready to come up. I'll tell you this. If you're here this morning and you never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the day of salvation. I want you to come up here after service is over and pray with somebody up here. If you need prayer for something else, anything at all, maybe you've walked away from the Lord. Maybe you feel like this test or trial or temptation and you can't figure it out and you need someone to be in agreement with you in prayer. Come up here and get prayer. Don't be in a rush to get out. But here's what I'll tell you. I want to remind you of some good news this morning. I want to remind you of who your identity is in Christ. Why don't you stand with me? I want you guys to receive this. Your identity in Christ. What he has done, the price he has paid for you. Your license to carry is how I opened up the service. You have a license to carry your identity in Christ. Like, literally, a license. You have it. It's your identity in Christ. And you've got power. You've got a sidearm. You've got a firearm that you have at your disposal. And it's the power of the Holy Spirit that is activated by the words of your mouth. So let me read your identity in Christ as an encouragement to you. You are loved. You are a child of God. You are forgiven. You are blameless. You have been adopted. You are an heir with Christ. You are free from sin. You are victorious. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. You have received power. You are a spiritual warrior. You have the peace of God. You are guided by God's Spirit. 
You are full of God's joy. You're an ambassador for Christ. You are God's masterpiece. You are blessed. You are growing as a disciple. You always have access to His grace. And you will be alive forevermore with Him. Amen? Amen. Dave, you got something you want to share? Sometimes I do. It's a very, it's a really good message. And in my notes, I love all the T's and the R's. <laughs> what I don't love is so often in the midst of the trial, temptations come. So it's like they're layered on top of each other. It's sure. not simple. It's not, I love when things are just so simple. They go into one category in the file folder of my mind and I can file it and then I can deal with it. It's when it's like a web that I just, you, you start feeling overwhelmed, right? True. Like you, you're figuring things out. And I started getting all of these R's, you know, what you do when there's testing, you run to the Lord. Amen. What do you do when there's temptation? You run to the Lord. And what do you do in the midst of the trial? You run to the Lord. Amen. When you get there, he'll reveal. Amen. While you're running, you refuse temptation. In the midst of the trial, you're being refined, but you're always just running to the Lord. Amen. I've had trouble with this throughout my whole life because I've run away. I'd run away. And I don't know why. Why do, why do I do that? Why have I done that? And I don't know when I finally got it through my head. This isn't working. I gotta run to him. I gotta run to him. He's not the punisher. He's not the punisher. So run to the Lord. And then under the trial and the refining, so I love that you're bold and you say, sometimes it's caused by sin that we're walking in. Like, what did we think was going to happen? You know, if you're looking at porn on a regular basis, what do you think is going to happen with your marriage? Is it going to be a surprise? Are you going to be surprised? What do you think is going to happen? Then, so repentance, repentance in the midst of the trial is one thing but also being relentless in him, relentless in the word. Just don't give up. When I say relentless, we think of Eva. She's relentless when she wants something. She comes at it from every direction until she gets the yes. And she gets the yes. Be relentless and then rest. Rest in who he is. So I got all these R's while you were preaching. It's just all these R's. And the biggest one was run to the Lord. And then something else. So I counseled someone yesterday about coming up for prayer. When we lived in Hermitage, we went to this great church. It was, a, it was an Assembly of God church. And they had um, the pastors during worship would be sitting up front. Mm, that's right, and yeah. while worship was going on, you were invited to come up and get prayer. And they would, come, they would walk down like two steps. They'd pray for you and you'd go back to your seat. And I loved it. I loved it because I... I could have people pray for me. And it wasn't a counseling session. It's not a counseling session. It's just, here is my struggle. Here is where I'm at with it right now. I need prayer here. And we would go up as a family and get prayer. If he was going on a trip, you know, pray for protection for him. So when there's people praying over here, sometimes we make it like if you need to return to God or if you don't know Jesus. And yes, come up. But if you're going on a trip, why why wouldn't you want us and other people fellow believers to lay hands on you and bless you and call forth protection and blessing. I mean, in our house, we don't have people laying hands on us during the week, but I don't know what we would do without Andy 
and without Kim, because when something's going down in our house, that's who I text. This is what's This is what's coming against us. We need prayer. And it's like they're laying their hands on us. So I just want to encourage you as a church family, there should be lines up here, you know, for I, prayer. I would, I would like my biggest, one of my biggest problems would be is not have enough people on the prayer team to pray for those that who are That is already one of your prayer. problems. <laughs> if you're a prayer warrior, if that's who you are, pray for people. Pray for people. Amen. 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 Well, prayer team, come on up, <laughs> those who are here. Now, no pressure. Yeah, no like pressure. Everybody's going to come people, up. A few more people to pray. to pray with this morning. I want to do this benediction. It's a good word today from the Lord. Just close your eyes and receive this. Peace, peace to the brethren, and love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with all those who love the Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. Amen Amen. and amen. Amen. You are dismissed. Come on out for prayer. Otherwise, we'll see you next Sunday. Remember, no Wednesday night this week.